It is a Monday evening edition of the Chair Shop Podcast, episode 483. Coming to you here on a very weird and gross and wet, but still a very warm August evening. Uh, the absolute worst of all um, of all worlds. As we bring you this latest edition of the show, I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry. Good evening, Paul. good evening, good evening. And also Paul. Oh, oh open, open a can of beer for the work. Open up a can of pass. <sighs> I slurped so that you could hear that I was drinking. See, if I drank silently, no one would get it. Sound effects, yeah. That is a no sugar, no calories Diet Coke. Mm. Mm. Remember when, uh, remember when the height of wrestling uh, memory was referencing Steve Austin's podcast. Um, that was about 10 years ago at the stage. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we're back here with another edition to the podcast. Now, lads, we, we were gonna, we were gonna do a show yesterday, but, um, uh, we couldn't because uh, I believe there was some football on, how did, how did that go? Was that worth delaying the show for? Mm, interesting question. Mm, mm, mm. I think, well, Paul, any thoughts? Um, well. Uh, 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 look over there. Yeah, so we're back anyway. We've been a few weeks. <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I was I, I thought this was gonna be good luck because I was wearing I was wearing my new jersey, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, not that one, another new jersey. Oh yeah. Yeah. The new one, the the new um home kit. I got the cause treat myself. I got the uh not the replica version, but the actual player version. Because what? I hate they, they sell two versions of the jersey. They sell a replica oh. version, and they sell a real version. Um, I hate the replica one, because I hate that fucking sewn-on badge they put on it. Mm. On on the big hard piece of material. I hate it. So it's a little bit more expensive. Probably roughly around the same as I spent on last. Because last year I got the long-sleeve one, which I, this year I just went for the, the, the classic short-sleeve. But I got the proper one, and it's, it's great, because it, it keeps me cool. Like I've noticed, I'm like, geez, I'm I'm a good fifteen percent cooler than I would normally be wearing this meshy kit, and uh, it has a lovely badge on it. it doesn't have that shite, uh, big blob of fabric or, or blob of cardboard is what it feels like on the front of it. And I said, well, this is the first game wearing the the lovely new expensive kit. We'll win, surely we'll win. Mm. Well, I'll never be wearing that kit again. <laughs> and, that, and that didn't help. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no. that seems kit. surprising. Weird, yeah. weird. Yeah. I also got some new runners in the week because I'm I'm one of those people who, or maybe there's maybe those people don't exist. Maybe I am the only one. But I only own one pair of runners, or trainers, or uh, sneakers, depending on where you're from. I only own one pair, and then when they get a bit bedraggled I just buy a new pair and never wear the old pair again so I have a new one pair 
got some nice Nikes, nice silver Nikes. Um, do you wear them both for exercise, but also just generally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, now, how this usually would go is I go into a sports store of some kind, and um, I stand awkwardly in the trainer section for half an hour until I catch the eye of one of the people who works there and then say, have you got these in you know, size whatever? I will never go and tap one of them on the shoulder, unless I've been waiting there a serious amount of time. Mm. But I just find it so awkward. Like the, the people who work there never have time for any of the customers. They're always running around doing stuff. And so you just have to stand there with a shoe in your hand going, mm, I want to buy this. Help, please. They need to figure out a better system of... Uh, Shoe shopping. They need to hire more people, I think, and not overwork the people that live, that work there. Probably. Well, this time was great because the, this, this, I went Sports Direct and they had a sale on, and because of the sale, they just had boxes of runners out in the middle of the uh, of the store. They didn't have like just the right shoe, and then you have to ask someone to bring you the other one to try on. So I was just looking through these boxes for. Um, so the, the, the cops. We haven't had the cops on the show in a very long time. Bloody oinkers. Anyway, um, what is happening? Why are they still here? What do they? What do they hear me? Hello. Why is that siren still going? Oh shit! Sorry, can you hear this? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll mute my. Okay. Harry's got <laughs> the, the cops got him finally. So I was just looking for you know size eleven uh, shoes, and I just keep open by every box with eleven on the side. I said, "Is that look good?" Yeah, uh, and I got some nice cheap ones, forty five Europeans, and I just brought them straight up, straight up to the till, paid for them. I was in and out of the shop in like f- five minutes. That is the good thing about Sports Direct is they will just pile every single trainer they've got into the front of the shop. Yeah. And the only thing is people, you know, people are trying them on more. Yeah. I mean, so. Well, the ones I got were like in the middle to the bottom of a big pile. They weren't on top because luckily the bigger sizes they often have towards the bottom. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, yeah, maybe some smelly bastard had their feet in him, but I wasn't um, too disturbed by that. And what else have I been up to? Oh, we're in lockdown again, of course, here in certain certain counties of the Republic of Ireland just weren't behaving themselves. They had to go back into lockdown. Sorry, I'm back now. I think the pigs are gone. Um yeah, how, how are you? How are you finding your your re-locked downness? Yeah, well, we're in Kildare, so um, we are right in the middle, baby. Yeah, we were told you're not allowed to go into Dublin, even though it's like literally you can probably see it from your house. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm kind of a bit of a hermit anyway, so I've not been too badly affected. We did go um, to Maynooth. Which is one town over in the other direction. And uh, that's where I got my runners. And we had a little McDonald's while we were Ooh, there as well. A little cheeky McAdee. Um, got it to take away, of course. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's fine. It just you, every day you see people going into the shop with no mask on, or yeah, and just people still don't get it, which is crazy after all this time. Yeah. What about yourselves? What's been going on? Yeah, not much. Quite weak on on my end. All moved in. Obviously, the last time I was chatting to you, I was in the process. I'm basically done now. I have a few yeah. bits and bobs uh, to do. Uh, a few bits and bobs left in the old place, which I still have the keys for till the end of this month. Uh, so a couple, a couple more runs to do. But the, you know, the it's you know the the new place is home. It's got all the clothes, got all the amenities, got the work from home stuff, which is very important. So yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. H- had a few pals over for for a housewarming in, in the flat there with the weekend, which was lovely. Uh, again, that felt made it feel a bit more homey. The fact that you know, you know hosted people, I had my mam over, um, so that was nice. But yeah, it was about it. It was about it. Not much, not much else on the uh, on the life guff front from moi. Uh, I got a new job. Oh, hello. Um, yeah, it was actually a few weeks ago, but obviously had to keep it quiet in case the press got wind of it. You know, I'm mean, not getting out there. Um, yeah, I got some actually my old boss who um, used to be my manager at this current place. She went, she left, went somewhere else and said, you know what? I think I want to bloody poach you from this new place on that. So, um, yeah. The, the offer was in. Had a, had a little in, yeah, a couple of interviews, nothing too strenuous, and yeah, they mm-hmm. did the job, which is good. You know, I mean, a lot of people struggling at the moment. Jobs are difficult to come by. That kind Indeed. Of so, feeling blessed. Feeling blessed to be starting a new job at the um, in a hashtag blessed. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, so we're starting that in a, about six weeks. Um, and I'll tell you what, uh, working your notice from home, uh, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to kind of creep around the office with everyone knowing that you're you're leaving. Just kind of sit at home and watch um, the YouTube. You're not going to get that um, sad clap that everyone gets when they leave a company, though. Oh no! Thank God. Hard <laughs> <laughs> with people you've never met signing it and um, heartfelt messages. I've never got that clap. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah, I don't think I've had it before, actually. And I won't be getting it this time. So keeping the streak alive. But yeah, so that is that is some good news. Looking forward to the new job. I think it'd be better. I'll give you a happy clap for the new job. So, uh, yeah, that's been the news. Other than that, nothing really. Just uh, sitting in the house still in our own kind of self-imposed lockdown. Yeah. yeah. On until which point? at which point there's a vaccine. And then, we, then we might venture yeah. out. That's how it is. That's how it is at the moment. Um, so, which, which the the flip side of that, of course, and the fact that we did no podcast last week, loads of fucking stuff to talk about. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Loads of telly guff. Loads of game guff. Loads of movie guff. Oh, so let's get into it. Which kick us off, Paul? I watch loads of telly, lad. Which is something on, that man. I don't often do. Uh, I finished a few saisons of things. Uh, let me uh, list them off. Uh, finished Inside Number Nine. I'm all caught up. I watched nice. every episode. Nice. Um, so, meaning I watched the last three episodes. Um, 
I thought one of them was really good, uh, which was the Magicians one. Do you remember that one, Joe? Yeah, yeah, that that was probably the best. I thought that was really good. It was a little, uh, a little prestige-y, but yeah. in a good way. In a good way, and it didn't feel like derivative or, or anything like that. It was very good. Uh, then I watched the one where it's um, a load of people like recording videos, like six or seven characters, and they're all talking oh, into yeah. the camera. Yeah. Rubbish. Oh, Rubbish. I hated it. Just spit on it. Kick it. Call it. It was... Um, I don't, not to spoil it for anyone, but um, no, it was a very derivative twist. You saw it coming split. a mile away. The, yeah, the, the old split or the old identity twist. Um, okay. Rubbish. Rubbish episode. Anyway, despite the fact of being derivative, it was shy anyway. And then the last one I, I did really like. The last one was the, the two policemen staking out the uh, the, yeah. the graveyard. I, I really liked that. And although the twist... Felt a little bit like it came out of nowhere. I kind of liked it anyway. I kind of went along with you know what? It, 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 I don't mind a twist kind of catching me unawares, insofar as it it was almost a Vince Russo twist where it didn't really make sense, even, <laughs> but it was okay. I, I, I did like that episode, that was very good. so you'll get him hooked, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, typical inside number nine. Uh, fashion a little bit hit and miss, but more hit than miss. And and the, the two episodes that I liked, I really really liked. Uh, finished season one of X Men. Ah, cartoon. Yeah, really like that as well. Um, there's there's a two part Days of Future Past towards the end of that season. Um, which is fun to watch, knowing uh as I do the film as being my only point of reference for days of future past. Cause I've never read the comic or anything like that, but um, the cartoon version of it is very cool. And uh, you can see certain similarities with the films and obviously some very, very big differences, but uh, I like what they did with it. And I generally like that series. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I was going to start season two today. And I forget why, but something just got in the way and I just didn't get around to doing it. But season one of X-Men, it's only like 12, 13 episodes. It's very good. Um, and I also finished watching The Grand Tour, which is the Amazon Prime Top Gear. Yeah. Um, they did like a one and a half hour special called Seaman. Oh, where they oh, are oh on, very good. Very good. They're on boats in that. All, they're all on their cummies. <laughs> I liked it, but then I, I do like that kind of drill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, now no spoilers on this one, right? No spoilsies. I watched season one of Twin Peaks. <gasps> you must be the, like, genuinely the fourth or fifth person over the course of lockdown that I personally know who has watched Twin Peaks. I feel like I have to watch Twin Peaks, though. So let me give you a little bit of backstory to Twin Peaks, right? All right. I was David saying, Lynch, squad. <laughs> I do a David Lynch impression now, by the way, which oh, I, I <laughs> You're great. That was brilliant. Um <laughs> Okay, go on. Action. Wonderful stuff. He does like a weather report on his YouTube channel as well. Um every day he does a video of himself going here in California, sixty-nine degrees Fahrenheit, twenty degrees. Lovely golden sun. Uh, see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's just the, 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 the nicest little thing. But anyway, 
Twin Peaks. Um, me and Natty here, we often discuss like you know, if if we were ever to break up, it would ruin so many things because there's so many things that we've that I've watched or that I've done that I associate specifically with our um, relationship. So like Natty's introduced, <laughs> be the worst Natty's introduced a lot of things to me. So that I've I've only watched directly because of her and vice versa. And Twin Peaks was actually that to me, but for a prior relationship. So I had started watching Twin Peaks in like 2013. I watched the first like four episodes of it. And because it was introduced to me by an ex-girlfriend. And then when that relationship ended. I didn't want to continue watching it because I associated it with with a bad time. Yeah, and so it's, I don't know if you guys have anything like that in your lives, but it's taken me now seven years to finally get around to giving it another try and and uh, losing that association and creating a new association of Twin Peaks with this. You know, um, I think as well. I I, I actually made uh, an agreement with my brother months ago that I would watch Twin Peaks this week or, or this year. Um, I, we, we made an agreement whereby if I hadn't finished Twin Peaks by December 31st, I would have to give him a hundred euro. And this is pre lockdown. So this isn't even a lockdown thing. Like mm. Barry, you know, you know, people who suddenly be, began watching it. Um, I think the reason why I started watching it actually, and maybe this reason is also for the other people, you know, but I think it was having finished Last of Us, there was just something about that kind of backwater. Yeah. I don't know. Setting that was kind of fresh in my mind. Obviously, it doesn't take place in Seattle, which is, you know, Seattle is obviously, as we know today, isn't that. But um, just that overgrown big tree. I don't know. That setting, something about it was in my mind that made made my brain go Twin Peaks. Mm. Um. So, Twin Peaks has three seasons, two from its heyday, season one, which is like eight episodes long, season two, which is 22 episodes long, uh, and for which David Lynch, I don't think, was involved throughout. Uh, and then season three was like, what, two or three years ago on Showtime? Yeah. Um, so, we've watched the first season, which is the first the first eight episodes. Um, I'm amazed as well... Uh, how unspoiled I am on Twin Peaks because I would I would have thought that I would know more about it than I do, even through watching you know Simpsons and stuff like that. Um, there's really only two Simpsons references I can I can link to Twin Peaks, even to the point where I I, I am now in the series, and it's obviously you know the the Red Room dream that everybody everyone knows, knows. Yeah, right? yeah yeah yeah. Burns's suit. Look, Burns's suit. Um, and then also Homer watching Twin Peaks with the guy dancing with the horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but apart, like, I I know nothing about Twin Peaks. I don't know what any of the resolution of the stories are or or anything. Yeah, so. yeah. And like yourself, I, I kind of I've picked up a lot through osmosis, but I similarly. Don't think I could really tell you anything other than the basic premise of it. Yeah, and it's weird. So it's it's a really nice sensation to watch a show from you know thirty years ago, 
and watch it like a new show. Like somehow <laughs> I just don't know anything about it. Uh, so episode to episode, we're getting these mad cliffhangers and oh my God, it's definitely the kind of show that I'm surprised isn't, I, I, I don't want to say isn't more or isn't better known or isn't more referenced because it possibly is and I've just missed it, but I'm surprised I haven't come across things that reference it in a more explicit way like other shows I haven't watched that I know a lot about, you know? Um, like, the, the the thing I'd liken it to, and it's maybe maybe it's a good thing that Twin Peaks came out when it did, um, because I can't imagine something like not watching Game of Thrones nowadays, because I, I would know everything about it, you know? Um, obviously, I did watch Game of Thrones, so that's a bit of a moot point, but... If you hadn't watched Game of Thrones, it would have been much more difficult to avoid than something like Twin Peaks. But it's absolutely excellent. Uh, it's it's definitely very weird. It's um, at some points it's almost like got a, a slapstick naked gun feel to it. Okay. Um, but like it works. It's, it's definitely uh, it's definitely got that David Lynch weirdness to it. Um. There, there's like as a who done it procedural. It's really, really good at establishing a load of characters very quickly, mm-hmm. and you getting them immediately, and sprinkling so many clues for you as a viewer to pick up on and and you know dig your teeth into. Um, yeah, very, very much enjoying it, and also, um. It uh, it looks like a movie. It doesn't look like a TV show, uh, which will be directly compared to a movie I watched this week, which didn't look like a movie. <laughs> it looked like a TV show. It's got like a real um, film or real cinematic quality to it, which which I guess makes sense because David Lynch would have only worked in uh, in film. Prior film to that. up to that even, point, yeah. Even certain shots and certain like slow pans and you know dolly shots. You just watch and go. I this is like I'm watching a, a feature film. It doesn't feel like watching a TV show. Um, the music is great. The performances are, are great, especially uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Um, and yeah, it, it, it in it, almost in a Simpsons way, you very quickly get kind of like your favorite of the weird characters. Um, and it does feel like a Simpsons kind of cast. There's there's so many characters that you immediately get, like understand. And like, and uh, I can't wait to see where the next episode uh, goes because, like, the last episode we we left it on was a big cliffhanger. So I'm excited to see where we pick it up. But um, we're watching like I think we watched four episodes on Saturday, so we're going to get through it quickly. You know? Okay. Um. Yeah, I would recommend uh, getting into it. I don't know if it's streamable anywhere because i i have the blu-rays so that's how we're watching it yeah the the original two seasons are on now tv um so i guess i guess sky has the rights to those and actually i don't know if anyone has that third season the showtime season um but i we have that on blu-ray as well so i'll I'll see if i can work my way through those two seasons before i I, i'll worry about the third later um one bit of advice was and this is not in a spoiler way but one bit of advice i was given was don't watch the there was an international version of the pilot so the pilot is the first episode yeah Uh, the following episode picks up 
immediately from the end of the pilot. So it's not like they do a pilot and then redo it in episode like one or whatever. But they did a, a an international version of the pilot, which was like shown as as a standalone movie. So they they filmed an extra like twenty minutes, which like comes to a conclusion. So I still at this point don't know what happens in that extra twenty minutes or so. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want to be spoiled. But um, on the Blu-ray uh, discs we have, it gives you the option to view the original version or the international version. So if you can, and I wasn't told why, I was just told avoid the international version. Okay. So bit of advice. Have you watched Twin Peaks Joe, by the way? Yes. Yeah, I watched it many oh, I- many years ago on DVD. You enjoy it? Uh, I, I did quite enjoy it. It was pretty spooky. Yeah. Bit of a spooky show. It, it, it's, um, it's it's definitely got an... I don't know about spooky necessarily, but it's definitely got... Like, obviously, it's open to become spooky because <laughs> I'm still very early into it. But it's definitely like an eerie weirdness, um, oh, especially oh, with... Not spooky, but eerie weirdness. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't have like a okay. a... A, a ghostly. Wow! Um, wow! Well, does it? <laughs> no. It has a lady who has a log that she speaks to. Mm, spooky logs. Bothered with the second season now because it wasn't very good. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is I think David Lynch is involved in like the first mm. fourteen episodes or so. So until a little bit into season two, and then I think yeah. he. Came back for like the very end of it, mm. and then I believe the the twenty seventeen season is just completely bonkers. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's about or anything, but I I'm very interested to watch it. Mm. Yeah, I say like not really knowing anything about it, um, and then seeing like my people I follow on Twitter watching it, and the gamut of emotions was quite interesting not all positive obviously um yeah well i tell you i am 100 percent positive on it to the point where i am in the episode like i said episode eight yeah um if you enjoyed you know obviously gravity falls was hugely inspired by it um so if you enjoyed that i i would say definitely give it a go the pilot alone is like 90 minutes long and it's just like the best film. <laughs> so if you enjoy that, you're gonna enjoy the rest of it. At least up to where I am. That's all, right. all I watched. Uh what about you, Joe? What are you watching? Um mainly been rewatching uh Rested Development. Oh hell yeah, um, same. Which um yeah. Every time I rewatch it, it kind of surges up to my list of favorite yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I yeah, forgot about this one. It is tremendous, and I think that I think that's what people have always said about it is that it is actually kind of layered, and it's a great rewatch. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, Michelle did ask me to ask you a question because I think she noticed you were rewatching it as well. She said, "Did you get the episode where they all give up carbs? Did you know what that was about?" I didn't know. You didn't? Did you know that the Atkins started? Oh right. Well, I guess yeah. The time would have been. The same, the time, I guess. That was yeah. When the Atkins was huge, yeah. Because she was asking me, "Did you get get it?" And I was like, "Yeah, they were on the Atkins diet." 
<laughs> I was like, doesn't everyone remember that? But, uh, well, yeah. Now that you now that you say it, it seems it seems obvious. But, yeah, that would have been very uh, timely. Yeah. That Christ, that that was the thing I'd completely forgotten it existed. That is the thing with the show; it's quite of its time with the erotic mm. stuff and acting style and other things. Uh, Girls Gone Wild as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very early two thousands, but that's kind of why I love, I love it as well. So, yeah, just been rewatching that, which is a uh, really good, but not season four or five, baby, because they are shite. I've still actually never, uh, I've never actually watched any of that. I, I watched Arrested Development for the first time when that came out because everyone was talking about it. I was like, oh, I guess right. I should finally watch this. And then everyone was just kind of down on it. So I, just, I stopped at the end of the regular show. Yeah, I watched all of season four. was not good. Uh, watched one episode of season five and it was, oh, it was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But one to three, you can you just forget the other the other two exist. One to three is all you need. Yes, that's it for my my telly watching mainly. Fair enough. Uh, I've only really watched one new show worth chatting about. I watched in its entirety. Started, I think. Uh, started like on Tuesday or Wednesday. Finished it yesterday. Uh, Euphoria, which was uh, one of the big new. Uh, HBO uh, projects last year, uh, starring Zendaya um, and a kind of a, a bit of an eclectic kind of uh, character actor cast uh, in in some of the minor roles. Basically, without being insanely reductive, which is what I'm going to be, <laughs> um, it's sort of like a more prestige HBO take on Skins. <laughs> yeah. Um. But and I like skins a lot, but like way better than skins uh, for my money. Uh, I thought I thought the first season was was pretty damn excellent. Um, it basically, if you haven't heard, or I had not heard of this beyond just that it was a, a well-regarded thing Zendaya was in last year. That's all I really knew. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, basically, it's kind of about a, a, a collection. Uh, Zendaya is kind of the, the main character, but it's very much an ensemble of, of characters uh, in in their uh, in high school and kind of just going through some trials and tribulations, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the, the high school lifestyle. Um, and obviously, you know, being a, a 2019 show, it's dealing with the more contemporary issues of, like, you know, technology and social media, along with the old classics of, you know, uh, trauma and drug abuse and sex and all that other stuff. Um, and yeah, so Zendaya's uh, the protagonist. She plays a, a girl who basically spent all of summer in rehab. Uh, and then she comes out for her final year in school and uh, she gets a new best friend who's a new girl in town. And that's kind of the rough premise, but it's it's really a, a collection of uh, little character stories. There's, there's no real one protagonist per se. Um, and it is really, really, really brilliant. It, it looks incredible. It's like one of the most like really, really incredible looking shows uh, I've seen in a while. Between that and, and, and Betty, which is another HBO thing I watched recently, just lots of style, just just really, really uh, uh, like kind of eye-catching in basically every episode. Great soundtrack and, and great performances. Uh, really can't sing its praises enough. I I, I knew it was well-regarded, but I, I kind of was, was shocked after finishing it that it wasn't the, 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 the talk of the town uh, last year, but um, yeah, really, really excellent. That's uh, 
available on all the usual places you would watch HBO shows. Um, yeah, so that's that's about uh, that's all I've been watching for TV this week. Just eight episodes of that one, um, uh, and I think they are working on a second pending the ability to film television shows, which they cannot do currently. Yeah, I enjoyed the show. Um, kind of watched it to start with under duress because Michelle wanted to watch it. But um, I think my only the problem I have with it, which is similar to Skins, is that I can't watch programs with cool teenagers in. Yeah, because I hate them, and I want them all to die. <laughs> I want them all to be murdered in cold blood. <laughs> I can only watch teenagers. I know, who are incredibly you lame. <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. But I did. I think it, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was really, you know, good writing, interesting characters, and, and filmed very nicely as well. So yeah, I did. I did like it in spite of wanting to hurt them all. <laughs> um, I like the. There's a uh, a dealer character in it, a drug dealer, and he's. It's very good. So it's not even really a knock, but he is doing the most. On the nose, Mac Miller, um, uh, imp- so much so that like I, I I didn't look this up. I'm certain he's he's he would have acknowledged that's what it was. He looks exactly like him. He does his voice. He he he's kind of very laid back and he speaks very slowly. Like he himself is constantly sort of on a mild high. It's really really jarring in the first episode, certainly. Uh, but he, he is very very talented as well. Uh, yeah. So that's the um. Uh, that was the the one TV show I watched. Uh, I do want to start. Just I know it started last night. I want to start that uh, uh, Lovecraft County thing that just started um, on uh, on the old HBO. Uh, apparently that was quite good, so I might give that a watch in time for next week. Very good. And uh, that's the telly guff. What about the video games, Paul? You wrapped up the Last of Us Part Two. I understand. Yeah, that's true. So go on, give the give the, the the quick and dirty then of what you made of it. Uh, I really loved it. Yeah, I really loved it. Uh, there's definitely some some issues I had with it. Some of which I've already discussed. Um, definitely in the in in the day two and day three of of Ellie's section, I feel like it drags a little bit. Mm. Um, especially when Ellie's on her own and you're just doing that same old gameplay loop, which isn't the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would have cut out a little bit of that. Understand why they feel the need to feel that um, three-day structure so that it can be mirrored. But um, I wish there was something a bit more interesting to do. Mm. Uh, Naughty Dog love that... Uh, Landmark in the distance, you'll oh, get yeah. there soon, don't oh, they? Yeah. Jesus, five times in the same game. I kind of, I kind of laughed like the first time they did it because it's like their thing. But then, yeah, it was like they do it a couple more times. I mean, that is just their trope, I guess. You know, um, yeah. God. Um, also, get getting into mild spo- spoilers here. So again, if you want to not hear spoilers. Uh, skip ahead a wee bit, but um, I thought both of the the Abby Ellie confrontations were were really letdowns. Um, oh, sharp intake of breath there. Um, the, oh, the first yes, one, right. really surprised. The first one after the 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 build up of 
basically six days of playing as as Abby and Ellie for them to finally meet and it to be a lame retread of the boss from the first game. Mm. I, I, like I, that wasn't what I I was expecting it to build to, um, and then for the final one to be a lame retread of the big um, I forget what the the scars are called, but just to be that basically, I was like, "Fucking Naughty Dog, just do not do boss battles well." Yeah, um, and these were particularly bad. I thought, given how well the story built up to them. So, I, I've seen I've seen a decent amount of criticism for the for the last one, the, the finale of the game. Um, it is weirdly kind of uh, like epic's the wrong term because it's so it's so morose as well, which is also the thing. It is like the pinnacle of the game's misery, you know, and, and it it's like it is like something Kojima would would produce. Do you know what I mean? It's just like with the with the nothing in the distance. They're just two people having this like really over the top fight in this like in this water uh yeah it reminded me a lot of and this this is a criticism i had of this film as well uh the first john wick which i i really liked the first john wick i i prefer the the second and third but um the first one i remember just the ending of it being very flat where they just fight in the rain um Reminded me of a bit of that, but then my problem with it isn't even necessarily the setting or anything. It's just mechanically, like it wasn't a, a an interesting fight, or it was just it was just dodge dodge square, dodge dodge square, yeah. dodge dodge square, dodge dodge square, repeat. I yeah, I, and I, I kind of like uh, uh, thematically, I liked what that ending was going for, but but yeah, I I, I can definitely see. As a gameplay segment, it certainly didn't. Uh, didn't do. I really liked the first one, though. That's more what I was surprised by. I, I thought, I thought the, the 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 similarities to the to the David fight from the first game. I thought that was kind of intentional, and and I I, I appreciated them presenting Ellie in that light to you from the perspective of the player. You know, I I mean, I feel like I I as Abby was like you start obviously with you know. Uh, almost an ambush of of Ellie and Jesse in the theater, and then you're like chasing her down, and she's like running away from you, and then all of a sudden it switches where it's like you have to hide and be stealthy. Hmm. And it's like, it, it was just like a jarring switch and kind of flipped the story in a way that didn't make sense to me. But like I say, everything else about the game I pretty much unanimously loved. Hmm. Um, yeah, happy I played it because I was really not. <laughs> I'm really not in the mood to play it, but I'm happy that I did because ultimately it turned out that I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it's I, I was I was so satisfied. I actually have not finished my replay of it because I I got onto other stuff and like that's a heavy game and a long game and yeah. um like I loved the downtime in it because I think the the this the time they give you to breathe between the more hectic moments is really appreciated. But also, like I don't, I I I probably will finish it again at some stage. But having just played it and with other stuff to play that's a little bit more easygoing, I haven't really had the energy to jump back in. But uh, I mean, yeah, I I think it is really excellent. And, and like, what did you think of the gameplay overall? Because I. I'm even halfway through the second playthrough. I'm kind of like this. This feels like the best playing Naughty Dog game so far. Oh yeah, I think I think it probably is. I think yeah. it probably is. Um, and actually, to to 
make a point on something I was saying earlier. I, I really did like the Rat King boss. Yeah. Boss. Yeah. Like that, that felt like a tense action fight, you know, and you're running around trying to ma- manage your, your ammo and your, your weapons. And like that, that was tough. And, you know, I felt challenged playing that. The other two, not really. Yeah. So. Um, That's what I think. No, I, I, I think I said to you the last time we did a show, because I, I, I didn't want to reveal too much, but I was like, Abby's section of the game is like one yeah, of one, one of the best, app. one of the best Naughty Dog campaigns ever. They they go they do they go into overtime trying to give her her own compelling story and not just not just this. Oh, maybe you don't. Maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't be mean to her. You know they 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 put. They put the work in to really make it memorable and on its own two feet. I still come the end of the game. I still feel like the 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 death early on was was so kind of violent mm. and extract and extended that I, I I think that they almost made that too much for you to think that she's the ultimate villain, and then. Mm. For them to ask you later, oh no, she's a, she's a girl who saves a zebra. Uh, you know, yeah, that yeah. was a little, a little too convenient. But um, no, I, I thought, especially the ending, I thought was really really good. Um, when you go back to the farmhouse, oh, top yeah, top stuff, brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, and so I wonder what even uh, um, would, would would be the next. Uh, what comes next? Who knows. Um, it could be a long time anyway. Not not necessarily for Last of Us, but for Naughty Dog. Um, yeah, something something new. I would love something new. I would love something new, and I would. I would also love something completely left field. I would probably. I would actually be ecstatic if it was not any variety of third person game where you hold a gun. Because I, I I don't want. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't want another. I mean, I would like. I'm if if they felt they could justify telling another Last of a story, I'm sure it'd be great. This one more than justified its existence. But before that, I I don't think I want another Uncharted. All these oh, they could spit it off with this character, that character. Look, it's a great series. I don't need another one. Um, yeah. yeah, like, and I don't necessarily want to say they should go back to make it platformers but i i would kind of be intrigued by that if they did you know um but yeah um so with that done Mm. i got a chance to use my wireless gamecube controller because now i'm playing paper mario Ah. thousand year door which is the second one i'm already like halfway through it um it's great it's so so good so you Um, like you played the first one have you I've played. Yeah, I, I completed it. Uh, like, I thought I thought talked about it on. Maybe maybe it was one of the weeks you weren't on. But yeah, I've, I completed the first one on N sixty four. It's a shame that some of these games just are now locked on systems. Like, it would be so great for people to play Thousand Year Door if you could just get it on Switch. Like, I'd recommend it heartily to people. But mm-hmm. it's locked on like the GameCube, which hardly anyone had. Um. Uh, but it's it's fantastic. It's got some of the best writing in uh, in a video game. It's so so funny. Um, like I've been just kind of like nudging Natty when I'm playing it, going, "Look at this! This is a funny bit," and oh, I'm laughing out loud playing it. Um, it's got a very it's weird because it you know it's, I think it's developed by Inte- a company called Intelligent Systems. I don't know where they're based, but it's got a 
very um British comedyness to it. Um I don't know if it was developed in, in, in England or what, but it's it's got that kind of humor and it's very, very funny. Um like I said when I talked about it last, it kind of builds on Paper Mario's systems and makes them a little bit more um, complex, a little bit more fun. Um, and it's a shame because the second one is actually the last of the true RPG Paper Mario games. They kind of move into more of an action-adventure um, model from then on. But um, I've played I've played the first four. I haven't played the fifth or sixth one, so I'm, I'm making my way through them finally up to the new one, which I haven't tried yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I've been playing a game called Super Liminal um, on Switch. Yeah, that's a puzzle game, is it? Yes, it's it's very portly, almost to a fault, um, to the point where you're like in a testing facility and there's a female robot voice. Yeah, yeah. Robot voice, and then you can like make your way outside into the 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 backstage of the area and it's 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 very very portly but in terms of the puzzles it isn't and that's kind of where where the game is most fun it's 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 all about perspective so you can pick up a little chess piece off a table and look up with it and then let go of the button and it'll fall down to the ground really big so it's like the old Father Ted joke of these cows are small, <laughs> those cows are far away. In this game, they're actually small. Um, so it's all about playing with that and looking at things from a certain angle to make you know an object appear and stuff. It's, it's very, very fun. I wish it wasn't quite so derivative of Portal. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, is, it is a fun little puzzle game. And also, I had like 10 euro of... Um, credit on my Nintendo account from other games that I was buying. Plus, I had a certain 599 gold coins or something. So I got the game for 2 euro. Okay. Can't argue with that. I think it's like 17 on the on the Switch store, which is you know, I think a good, more than a good enough price for the kind of game it is. It's about 3 hours long, I think. So I'm, I'm not very far into it, but um, what I've played so far, I've enjoyed yeah, I must check how many of those Nintendo credit points thingies I have. I want to buy that most recent that uh, Paper Mario. Um, yeah, be careful because those coins do uh, expire. Yeah, I've, I've actually been pretty good about getting them used. It's a great, it's a great feature. It's actually it's it's by the standards of storefronts, it's 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 a it's not a pittance. You know what I mean? They give you a decent amount. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, in the in the post Last of Us world, I've been playing a couple of other games. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, which I don't think I started the last time I was on. Um, yeah. That game is really cool. I I, I feel like you know it, it, it got kind of a tepid reception because it's it's a bit archetypal uh, open worlds, which it is um, uh, in terms of you know in the vein of Assassin's Creed or stuff like that. But I, t- to me, the thing I feel so far is that I actually think it's a really really good one. Do you know what I mean? I I, I think yeah. the trappings are there. You've got a map. You've got a big checklist. You've it's got the RPG elements. It's got ten different things you can upgrade. Here's your skill tree. Here's your other skill tree. Here's your weapons that all have notches on them. You can stick upgrades into. You know, it, it it's got all that surface level stuff, 
but I think right. it, it looks great. It sounds great. The the setting is different, and there's a bunch of like really small things that they've done to kind of streamline that open world checklist game uh, type of thing. The um, uh, the way you navigate around the world is by following the wind. You uh, you pick a destination on your map, and then the wind blows in that direction. Uh, and so that minimizes jumping in and out of the map. Where am I supposed to go? It minimizes ugly HUD elements like arrows or or, or um, pathways. There's no mini map, so you're not looking at the bottom left of the screen. Like I'm actually just you're looking at the dead center of the screen while you're navigating. Uh, there's a bunch of other little things like that, like secrets in the open world can be found by uh, animals like foxes and these yellow uh, birds that you find flying around. If you see one in the distance, you can go over and you'll kind of trigger it, then scurry near a secret and you just follow the animal. So again, you're not kind of opening your map and saying, okay, let me find the thing in this area and let me walk over there. Little things like that. It's, it's, it's really satisfying. Right. And, and it's, it's um, the combat is really great. Like the actual sword play is satisfying. Stealth is okay. The stealth is kind of by the numbers. Um, but the, the, the sword combat is fantastic and it, it looks incredible. I mean, I, I, I kind of fire this game off for about two hours. I'm going so slowly through the story because I'm just, I'm not fast traveling. I'm just kind of pottering around the world. I'm soaking it all up. I'm, I'm, I'm taking pictures in the photo mode. I'm, I'm doing all the side stuff I come across. I, I'm really enjoying it. I think, I think if you have, if you can, if you are in the mood for an open world game like that, I think it's, it's well worth the, uh, uh, well worth your time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting that for the old birthday next month, mm. and uh, I'm taking two weeks off work, so I'll have lots of time to uh, to give it a go. Yeah, it's 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 great. It, it's really the, you know it, it's it's I'm still early enough, so I don't want to sing its praises too highly. I'm still in like the first act, and I, I and I'm judging by how much of the map I've unlocked, I have huge swaths of game to go. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I've also been playing uh, Fall Guys, the hot game of the moment. Um, yeah, I, I want to dip my toe into that. I haven't just had a chance yet. It's goofy. I mean, it's it's the, the, the kind of thing about it, and this is kind of evident from you know the pre-release stuff when they were showing it off. Is that it's a you know it is a battle royale game in the style of a Takeshi's Castle or the Floor is Lava type thing, where sixty of these little characters are basically running through a series of obstacle course games. Uh, some of which are just races to a finish line. Some of which are pop these balls in these nets to score points, some of which are, you know, avoid falling off the platform. And it's basically you whittle down until one person is the winner. And it's kind of intentionally clunky. It doesn't really control very well. This is not Spider-Man. This is not Assassin's Creed. You're not gripping onto ledges and, and swinging around the map. And, and, you know, you're not saving yourself at the last second with a nice move. Like, no, if you get hit by an obstacle, you're, you're basically fucked usually. Um, so, so that's very much the mindset, but it is great fun. Um, yeah, it is good fun to play with other people as well. I found if you could, if you have, if you're, you know, in a party with buddies, and you're kind of having fun together. It's great, but the the clunkiness is kind of the fun. But also, I I I would not play this game for hours on end because I kind of feel like okay, 
I kind of lost because uh, a bunch of people bumped into me and my guy just went flying off the screen and I, I there was no there was no possible way to, to save myself you know it's it's not it's not anything uh, I wouldn't be taking it seriously as an eSport you know right. yeah. um, uh, but it is it's very goofy and it's very fun and if you, if you get involved with it now they've kind of stabilized the uh, the servers the matchmaking is great it's extremely popular so you, you'll find a match in seconds. Um, okay. And it, it's good fun, and I, I'd say it's worth having the the grab it on PS Plus. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I got my first victory just before I did this show. In fact, while I was waiting Ooh. for my dinner, um, which is which is good. Um, so yeah, that's Fall Guys. And the other thing I wanted to briefly mention as well was uh, I blew the dust off the old VR gimmick, and I stuck that on uh, uh, after I moved. I've got I've got a lot more space now in the new gaff to be VRing, so I'll be living in the virtual world more. Um, and I played Gun Club VR, which is so cool. Um, I I didn't really see the appeal of it when I kind of was browsing the store. It looks it's kind of just like a, a target practice game. It's basically all set in like you know warehouses and you're just kind of aiming down sites and and um shooting uh standees and cutouts and targets but its gimmick is basically that it's like here's your super realistic we have 50 million guns in this game and they all look and load differently and you got to actually physically with your hands pull a clip out of your pocket put it in pull the hammer back and it's it's kind of going for that like you're actually at a gun range like you know it's, it's trying to give you that actual simulation of, of of being in a shooting range basically and it's it's really cool it's really really satisfying um uh to just to toy around with all the various things and it's almost like being back in the arcade playing like what's that what was that sniper game was it silent scope what well, I- yeah, or time yeah. crisis, or one, yeah. one of them. Yeah, because like you know, if you're doing a course where you're using a rifle and a, a scoped weapon, you're like physically making the the motion with your hands and moving it towards your head and closing one eye and squinting and shooting. And you're like, oh, this is like this is like the back of the box VR experience right here. This is the I'm in the game thing. It's very very cool, uh, and I I I, I would. Put that to the top of the list of if anyone. I think it's on the PlayStation One too. So like if anyone gets a VR gimmick and, and Gun Club is on it, I would highly recommend it because it's a, um, uh, it's very very satisfying. And you know when when the round is over, you can still play with your gun and just shoot the gun in the air like a badass. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and yeah, that's been the video games for the week for moi. Uh, do you want to uh, jump into the movie off? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go first. I've got a couple of movies. Um, so the first one um, is called The Assistant. So it's an interesting one. It's an indie movie. It's about an assistant to like some kind of Hollywood mogul. Um, like what's, uh, what's his name? Harvey Weinstein. That kind of type of person. Oh, okay. you, never, you, you never actually see that individual. It's all about the, the assistant who's this kind of young woman who's just taken on the job and has to kind of deal with uh, all the sort of sleaziness that, that goes on and, and mm. covering things up. Um, it Nothing really happened in the movie, is what I'd say, but then I don't think it was supposed to. It's very mm. much a kind of um, movie that's about the tone and the, and the kind of atmosphere, rather than really being much much of a kind of plot at all. Um, but I quite, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I don't think there's anyone really notable in it um, in terms of in terms of the cast, is is very kind of indie. 
But um, yeah, I think it's one. It was it was short. I'll give it that. It was eighty three minutes. Okay. Which you know, if I see a movie that's eighty three minutes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't heartily sort of say go out your way to watch it, but it, it did have something kind of interesting to it. Um, the the assistant that is like I can't really tell you much more about it, but yeah, it was sort of interesting. It didn't really go. It kind of showed how these things happen, like how these things are kept quiet, right? So, like at one point, she goes to kind of complain about his behaviour, and the other, the guy's like, "Look, you know, there's hundreds of people that are applying to be an in, you know, an assistant in the movie industry. If you cause problems, they're just going to get rid of you. Why don't you just keep quiet? Blah blah blah." And you kind of get the sense, of, yeah, this is how people get away with these things for so long. It's because this kind of code of silence, and it it doesn't do anyone any good to actually come forward and that kind of thing. But I, I don't think that that's a kind of massive insight. I think that's kind of something that you can kind of figure out. You know what I mean? If you've, if you've been in any kind of situation like that, or if you've been in an office where someone's a bit of a, you know, a bit unruly, you can kind of see that happening. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's, it, was, it was interesting. One for the maybe. They did it half in the bag on that, didn't they? They might have done, actually. I think they did. Oh, maybe that's what, yeah, maybe that's what Michelle was referring to. Because <laughs> Michelle was saying those two guys that reviewed it liked it, and I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about, like, Carmen and Mayo or something. Siskel and Ebert. Now, now that makes a lot of sense. Form. So it's funny that she, yeah, um, she remembered that review. I clearly didn't. Bombshell is another movie that has a similar story to it. Yeah. I think that's a bit more. It's, it's, it's the assistance, but with wacky prosthetics. <laughs> Do you want a fake nose on this broad? Hmm. Um, yeah, so that was decent. Also, finally got around to watching uh, Joker. Ooh. The uh, movie about, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's this movie about this character called the Joker, Ooh. who's he's sort of like a clown, but bad. And he, he sort of kills people and things. Well, that's not what a clown should do. No. Parasite's not even in English. Joker should have won the Yeah, so I watched it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was not blown away by it. Uh, I don't think it was um, one of the greatest kind of cinematic achievements of the last 50 years, to be honest, um, at the risk of upsetting comic book fans. Uh, it does have that okay. kind of that thing of, yeah, this is a a movie for people that don't really watch a lot of movies. Yeah. And they they would think this is kind of like high cinema. If you'd never seen another movie, you'd be like, wow, oh my God, acting and things like that. But like, if you take away the kind of Joker element to it and the comic book element to it, I think it'd be a pretty kind of, you know, run-of-the-mill thriller. Like, it, it would be the sort of thing on Now TV that sort of skip over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would probably have like a generic title. A lot of that original Sky shit is even sort of yeah, yeah. So it's definitely kind of elevated by the the relation to you know the source material and to fucking Phoenix and De Niro, obviously kind of taking it to a slightly you know higher level. But I did, I did think it was good. I just I just wasn't kind of you know amazed by it. Um, I liked the the way it kind of treated Gotham. Um, and also the um, the Wayne family because I don't you know you couldn't do something set in Gotham without mentioning the Waynes obviously, yeah. um, but obviously they also wanted to kind of stay away from that and I think they balanced it 
kind of well, you know, in terms of presenting just like Thomas Wayne and being quite a different character from what you normally see um, in the other adaptations. Of course, they they did then go and ruin that right at the end by showing the same fucking death scene we've seen. Yeah. Like, I I don't know why they put that in because they did such a good job of not going to sort of Batman with it. And then they put that in at the end. Like, I, I, I don't get it. It was, that was very odd. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I, I, th- I thought it did well. I thought it, you know, good, great music. You could see the, the parallels to sort of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. Oh. And, and the, um, the whole kind of inequ- inequality and, and poverty aspect and, and rich versus poor and underclass thing was, was kind of interesting. Not developed that well, I don't think. They kind no. Of hinted at it, sort of touched on it rather than kind of building like a really kind of deep picture of it. Um, yeah, overall, I'd say it was worth a watch. You know, I didn't regret watching it in terms of, you know, many superhero movies that you, you do think, why did I bother? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I'm, I'm curious to revisit it. It's weird because you mentioned about the, you know, what would it be without the, the comic book license. That's kind of the fascinating thing about it is, like, would it be any good without it? But also that's kind of what is good about it. And it's like, does every... You know what? Just this movie wouldn't even come close to getting made if it wasn't if we weren't living in superhero mania right now. You know, yeah. uh, it's just very it's, it's it's an albatross for sure. Um, uh, was that was that all for yourself? That's not the movies. Uh, I watched a couple of movies. I went to the cinema again. Um, I, once again, it was basically deserted. I basically had the whole place to myself. Um, I saw an Irish film, actually, a 2020 release from the Emerald Isle. Um, it was called Broken Law, which was a uh, the directorial debut of, uh, I think his name is Paddy Slattery. It was a solid crime thriller. It did kind of feel like... Ireland playing a little bit catch up a bit. Um, the the intro was very kind of Sopranos. In general, the movie just kind of had a very I don't know. In the in the same way, you don't want to insult like you don't be too insulting by saying Joker is like doing an impression of a Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like Broken Law, it's good, but it kind of it's like trying to be Irish Guy Ritchie a little bit. Um, and like Guy Ritchie isn't even exactly at his peak these days either, you know. Uh, so that, that I mean, it sounds like I'm being very harsh. I thought it was a good movie, but it just it, it did kind of feel like it, like like Ireland was just a couple of years behind in the old uh, cinema department. But um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Good performances by the cast. Um, um, uh, you know, it, it was less than ninety minutes, which, which I also appreciate, or it was about ninety minutes, I suppose. Um, just yeah, good kind of gritty, kind of street level. Uh, uh, crime drama set in Dublin, uh, which I which I appreciate. Basically, the, the premise basically it's a little bit kind of a Cain and Abel thing. It's about these two brothers. One of them's a cop. One of them's an ex con, and they uh, come afoul of each other at a crime scene, and that's that's the the core premise. It's good. It was it was a solid watch, but it was not anything I would I would recommend going out your way to see. Um, so yeah, uh, I saw that, and then I have commenced with the misses a rewatch. Of the X Men franchise, um, which is already already fascinating. Uh, so we rewatched the first one, which is I remembered loving. I remember thinking it was great, and while it certainly is good and and massively influential and very important, I I, I was not blown away revisiting it. Um, I I don't think it's a stone cold classic. 
um, the way, like, you know, I, I, it's not been that long since I watched Ray, Ray's Spider-Man, and I think that is a classic. Um, but it's good, you know, it introduces all the characters, uh, it's the CGI is, and, and, and action set pieces are mostly good, um, and I think it's very charming. Again, kind of like the Raimi movies, kind of like your Blades, kind of like before they, they sanded all the edges off these movies. It's a bit camp, it's a bit aware that it's a comic book movie, so it's not trying to be it's not trying to be uh, anything other than that, and I, I kind of appreciate that. And um, it's a solid first entry. It sets up lots of intrigue for later in the series, uh, and that leads us directly into X2, which is, of course, one of the most fondly remembered ones. Uh, that intro sequence in the White House, lads. <laughs> still great. Uh, still one of the better sequences in any superhero film, I would posit. Um, really great. Overall, like, I, I, I kind of didn't realize, like, or I didn't recall, I guess, that that movie is like, it's like wall to wall action. It's just go, 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 go. The plot is go, go, go. All the, all the, 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 just, t- just tons of set pieces. It's all great. Um, it's not, again, it, it, kind of like the first X Men, I love X2. It is not the, like, blow-away incredible film on the whole that I maybe remembered it as, or perhaps it is collectively fondly remembered as. Um, I feel like it is largely great just because the action is excellent and it moves at a really brisk pace and it has the usual charm. It's really light on character stuff, I feel like. And then when it, like, I feel like Cyclops, upon rewatching these first three films, I feel like he has about six lines of dialogue in this entire franchise. Um, and then when it comes to the end of X2 and the beginning of the third film, it's like all of a sudden you, you're supposed to care about Jean Grey and Cyclops. And it's kind of like, that's kind of been a cute little side plot up to this point. And then suddenly it has to really matter all of a sudden. Um, and that that's and that's not even a last stand problem. I think that's actually something, I think that's kind of a, an X2 problem as well. Uh, so great movie, but it's, I think it's lacking the character and the emotional weight of a Spider-Man or a Batman Begins or a, or a, any of the, the real big boys, the, 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 the heavy hitters of the genre. Um, and then the last stand is bad. Um, so it's like not a dumpster fire in the vein of like Suicide Squad or, um, you know, take your pick of, of, of the absolute worst, the doldrums of the, of the superhero genre. It's you know, your Green Lantern. It isn't that bad. There's a couple of things in it I like, but it's, it's bad. Um, and, and as I mentioned, it, it, it kind of pays for the sins of the previous two in that, it's it's where they kind of want all their character stuff to come to the fore and really pay off, and then you kind of realize, oh, it's it's actually kind of not there to begin with, and and there's the the writers and the director are not at all capable to make up that lost ground, and it's a mess, and there's loads of characters, and no one no one gets enough screen time to 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 properly uh, flesh out where they're coming from, and yeah, it, it, it's it's a bummer. Um, uh, watching them in sequence like that for the first time in a couple of years it was kind of a it was it was freshly disappointing all over again to uh to see that opening trilogy kind of conclude that way are you going to watch the uh <clears throat> excuse me you're going to watch the wolverine spin-offs as well yeah so so we'll i i don't know how soon uh, we'll get to them but uh, i i my plan is to watch the whole the, the everything encompassed in the in, in the x-men franchise so i've Prior to this, I've watched one, two, and three, first class, 
Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. For some reason, I watched those last two. I don't know why. Um, I haven't seen Origins, the infamous Origins film. I haven't seen either of the standalone um, Wolverine films, and I, I have seen Deadpool. So I've seen. So I'll, I'll watch those 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 Wolverine ones. I'll watch the whole thing, and then I'll, I might do my definitive rankings then once we're all. And Logan. And Logan, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll call him the best so, one. Best one, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll rewatch them all, and yeah, those middle, those middle three standalone Wolverine ones will be new to me. Uh, all the other ones I'll be revisiting. I actually, well, I it's going to take some convincing to get me to actually rewatch Apocalypse and, and Dark Phoenix. Um, uh, yeah. Apocalypse, I did not hate as much as everyone else. It's not very good. I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, Dark Phoenix is terrible. Like I, I have no desire to sit down and watch that again. Um, yeah, uh, and that was my movies. That was my movies. So, so more X Men later, I'm sure. I watched two movies, um, and Joe, I have you beat. But Money Plane, eighty two minutes. Oh, Money Plane, which uh, stars Edge from WWE, <laughs> from WWE, and Kelsey Grammer from. Fraser and the Simpsons. And the Simpsons, yeah. Um, the reason why I watched it is uh, it's going to be the next half in the bag, so I wanted to be prepared for it. Oh, really? <laughs> also, Edge is in it. He's a wrestler. Oh, yeah. Um, where to begin with this one? Uh, it's bad. I'll start with that. So the the the, the concept of the film is that. Edge plays a like a a heist man, a heister who uh, he's under the thumb of Kelsey Grammer's like gangland boss because of a because of a, a gambling game gone wrong. Oh. He, he owes a debt to Kelsey Grammer. Classic Edge, and so and so Kelsey Grammer sends him on the ultimate heist to this plane that flies over international waters and where crazy bets happen. Uh, in the words of Kelsey Grammer in, the, in this film, so if you want to hear him say this, check it out. It's the kind of place if you want to bet on a man fucking an alligator. Nothing that crazy actually happens on the plane. And I don't know what the bet would be, basically. But that's <laughs> How much you would enjoy it. I guess. Um, so Edge is tasked with his little team to go up onto the money plane and steal a billion dollars in cryptocurrency. Wait, for Kelsey. can you st- physically steal cryptocurrency? It's a word. Just put it on a hard drive. That's how it works. <laughs> God, and then he and Kelsey Grabber will be even. And he'll be free to go on and live his life, right? So knowing that this is B-movie shite, you at least expect, right, Kelsey Grammer would be a bit of crack in it. You know, in on the one day that he recorded from his own house his bits for the film. And then once they get up to the money plane, there'll be a bit of mad shit will happen, right? One of those is true. Kelsey Grammer is really funny in it. Okay. Um... 
if if you want, you know, Kelsey Grammer often will play a kind of uptight character with his, like an uptight intelligent character but this movie has him like shooting assault rifles and going i'm the baddest motherfucker in the world okay so if you want to see kelsey Garner play that kind of character he's very funny and very good at it if you want to see edge sit in the cockpit of a plane for an hour <laughs> this is the movie for you um so he goes up to the money plane and the first thing they do, and keep in mind, you've been kind of baited with a man's got a fucking alligator on this plane. The the the, the people come out and say, "Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, assemble here for our first game, uh, Texas Hold'em." Oh, wait a minute, I'm working out here at this point that this these people don't have money to do crazy things in this movie. They've made promises they can't deliver on. No, the cards in the Texas Hold'em game are um, uh, alligators. They are those nudie cards with women's tits on them. Um, no, nothing is so crazy. They do do like a Russian roulette, which, you know, fair enough, is, is your kind of token, risky, wild game. Yeah. Um, and then there's some bits where like they're looking, they're watching on a, on a, a tiny little screen as a man cuts off another bloke's arm. That's kind of as crazy as it gets. Uh, aside from that, it's a very, very bland, I, I, and I use the term loosely, action movie. Edge, as I mentioned, uh, you you would think you would at least get Edge doing like a spear or something, right? Because he's the wrestler. The rest, wrestlers always do their wrestling moves in these movies. Edge does like no action whatsoever. He just sits in the cockpit for the entirety of the film while the lesser famous actors actually go around the plane. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Okay. And uh, not a not good movie. It was actually written, or at least directed by, uh, is it Andrew Lawrence? He's like the kid from the Mister oh. Bean movie. What? One of the Lawrence. He he directs and stars. Does not stars in. He is like a, one of the smaller roles in it. But like his brothers are in it. It's 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 one of those little like nepotism vanity projects that yeah, somehow they got right. Edge and Kelsey Grammer to be in. Oh, that, don't tell. Oh, no, I don't. I, I you've studied the name of the money plane, and now I'm not sure I want to bother. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's not very good. I'm sure the half in the bag will be very funny. But uh, the movie was not very entertaining. Aside from Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey Grammer was very funny in it. If you can find a little compilation of his bits in it, that, that's all that's worth worth watching. I also continued my alphabetized uh, list of movies I own with C this week. I watched uh, Ridley Scott's The Counselor, uh, starring Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem. Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, Brad Pitt, among others. Um, so this is a movie that I don't I don't remember buying. I, I some, somehow have it in my possession. Uh, it's a movie that got quite negative reviews when it came out initially. It was uh, I'm not sure what it has on Rotten Tomatoes, but I assume it would be somewhere in the 40s or 50s. Okay. Um, it's like a uh, Michael Fassbender plays um, a, a lawyer for the Mexican cartel bosses, basically. And he gets caught up in in a, a drug deal gone bad. And so it's kind of like a crime thriller. Though it's not really a thriller. It's more like a crime drama, I guess. Um, I actually quite liked it. Um, it's, it is a, 
a slow movie. Now I watched the um I, I watched the extended edition, so I don't know the things I'm gonna say might not necessarily apply to the theatrical version that people have seen. I don't know. But um it is a a very dialogue y long scened movie. Like the, the scenes are very long with, with lots of dialogue and, and are quite slow. But I actually quite enjoyed it. It had kind of a, a play like quality to it. Um although Early on, I noticed that this film's got a, a, a quite an obscene amount of like sex talk in it. Mm. So there's a scene early on where Fassbender and Penelope Cruz are in a bed and they're kind of dirty talking. And then you have Javier, Bard- Javier Bardem is talking to Fassbender about an experience he had very explicitly. And then there's a third scene later on where Javier Bardem is again explained to uh, Fassbender. Again, another quite explicit scene. And I was like, this is definitely a film written by an old pervert bastard. <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it was it was actually written by Cormac McCarthy, who um who wrote the the book on which No Country for Old Men was based. He wrote The Road. Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah. what do you do you want to guess what age Cormac McCarthy was when this movie came out? 70. 80. Wow, I was close. So there you go. I can imagine him. Popping the blue pills, fucking pulling the plum off himself as he's writing these <laughs> fucking sex scenes. Dirty bollocks. <laughs> pulling the plum. Like, pulling the plum. Like, they are no, tr- they are ridiculous. Okay. Well, anyway, Mister McCarthy, I, if you're listening, I I love the road. Bet, I bet you did. <laughs> But you did your filthy little. <laughs> yeah, that's a sexy book, The Road. Oh, all that road Let me explain uh, one of these scenes, okay? Now, if, if you have kids in the car, you might want to turn it down. <laughs> yeah. So, Bardem is, is uh, explaining to Michael Fassbender that he was driving home one night in his uh, Corvette or whatever car it was, uh, topless car. Um, with Cameron Diaz, she took her underwear off, gave it to him, climbed up on the windscreen in a split, and rubbed herself up and down in in a simulating uh, uh, pleasure. And then he had to like take his sock off and wipe the gunk off the windscreen. Why is that in this film? What? A... That's how. That's how you do sex. <laughs> there is no reason for that to be in this film apart from the pleasure of an 80 year old man trust me um, it, it was I, I gave it like a 6 I quite enjoyed it I, I think it, like the extended edition is like 2 hours 20 I would cut out a bit of that depraved sex stuff that's in it uh, and make it into more of a kind of a streamlined thriller Um also, it gets a little bit messy towards the end. Not in the same way. Like Brad Pitt has like quite a small role in it, where he plays like an associate of Javier Bardem, and then towards the end, it just kind of focuses on him for a while. And it's like I don't really care about his character. He's not that involved in the actual story. Um, so it gets it loses a bit of its focus towards the end. But I thought it was quite good. I, if it wasn't great, but it was quite good. Um. That's all I watched. There was one movie I actually forgot about, but Paul reminded me with the um, wrestlers in movies I mentioned. Uh, I also mm. watched uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, oh. um, which is a movie about 
little Down syndrome fella who's in a home and he loves wrestling. He wants to be a wrestler. He wants to go to wrestling school. So he breaks out of the home and he meets up with uh, Shia LaBeouf, who's on the run from a couple of bad guys. Together, they become a bit of an odd couple and travel across Florida so that Shia LaBeouf can help this guy get to a, um, a wrestling school that he wants to go to. So, um, yeah, it has some wrestlers in it, actually. It has, um, at the end, Jake, Jake Snake Roberts is in it. And the, the one and only Mick Foley as well kind of turn up at the end once they get to the, the wrestling school. Um, not playing themselves, kind of playing wrestlers. Um, yeah, it's it's an okay movie. It's kind of, it does definitely border on um, what TV tropes call the inspirationally, uh, or sort of inspirationally disadvantaged, or like the kind of magic disabled person who's just so kind of pure and inspiring that, you know, you can't help but love them and, and be inspired by them. Um, to me, that felt kind of feel a bit exploitative, so I, d- I didn't really mm. enjoy that, that side of it. Um, Shia LaBeouf is, I mean, he's always great. He's always just mental. He's, he's, he's good in this. Um, I wouldn't, like, go go kind of wholehearted with a recommendation if you want a kind of, I guess, quote-unquote heartwarming movie that involves sort of wrestling and a, and a road trip, an odd couple road trip. Then, then maybe give it a watch. But uh, yeah, kind of th- thumbs in the middle for me. All right. There you go. And that's going to be our, our movie up there for the week. Got a, a, a decent whack of, of media content consumed yeah. by us there uh, this week. Now, we're going to jump into the wrestle guff here a bit. Uh, which one of you effing nerds was listening to the major wrestling figure podcast? <laughs> Well, that might have been me. Oh. Um, so I actually, I hadn't watched it before, but um, I watched Tony Khan because he appeared on it. And I watched okay. that episode. And I found that, I found it really interesting because he was, they're, they're all about the same age as me, like Tony Khan, Zack Ryder, uh, and your other one, Kurt Hawkins. They're all like sort of 34, 35, sort of age group, 36. So that we all grew up with the same kind of stuff, you know, the same sort of VHS tapes, the Hasbro action figures, the WCW Galoob action figures, the trading cards, all this kind of stuff. Mm. So I found it really, it was very, you know, nostalgic, kind of going back to the sort of, you know, late 80s, early 90s and the sort of collectibles there. Found it really kind of kind of interesting to, to you know, hear, hear about that. And it actually, it got me kind of excited about like collecting stuff because I haven't collected anything in ages because I, I became very kind of... Um, averse to just gathering more stuff. I always feel like I just have too much stuff and that I want to get rid of it and I don't want to like just accumulate more junk. So I've avoided like getting stuff in, in recent years, but it did kind of excite me the idea of um, like trading cards again um, because Tony Khan touched on that potentially there'll be kind of AEW trading cards coming soon. And I was like, Ooh, yes, please. I would like to give you my money for those, Mr. Khan. Sounds good. Sounds good, um, and I don't. I can't remember if I talked about this on the show, but like last year, Sainsbury's over here were doing like uh, Disney collectible cards, like in the shop. So if you spent ten pound, you got a pack of cards, and it was like Star Wars, Disney, and um, the Marvel universe as well. And I got very obsessed with that. You can ask Michelle. Like we were going to Sainsbury's every week. I was like making sure we spent enough money to get the cards. So I, I think I could easily fall into the trap of, of collecting those again. Um, so that show was really good, but that led me into watching their 
four and a half hour long podcast, which oh, is yeah. um, all about the history of the Hasbro figures. So okay. um, you might not even know what these are, but these were a set that were released between 1991 and 1994. And they're probably the most, still to this day, the most iconic um you know wrestling action figure line um because they kind of started with like hogan and warrior and andre and, and went right through to the sort of new generation um and they re- they did recently all well, the hasbro's mattel i think that did like a kind of hasbro style retro line with like lesnar and kevin owens and cena which were really really cool um yeah but i love those figures i i had quite a lot of them as a kid i think i probably had about half of the the collection was released Anyway, so Ryder and Hawkins have got all of them, like, are still on the card, you know, as well as, like, loose versions as well. And they basically spend these four hours going through each different figure and kind of going, you know, not only (laughs) reviewing each of the figures, but also kind of going into, like, the history of how they were released and the advertising. And Zack Ryder's got all these, like, prototypes and these drawings of the figures as well that he's, he's managed to get from various people. So it was really, really interesting and a very kind of, you know, uh, trip down memory lane for anyone who kind of grew up with that era of uh, of toys. So I haven't quite finished yet. I've still got an hour to go, which I'm going to finish this week. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. What I didn't watch was their um, Fig Fed, which is where they have their own wrestling federation. They have mm. wrestling figures. I'm not going to go that far, I'll be honest. No. Um, I want to watch their draft. <laughs> I did watch a bit of the draft, but it got a bit boring. Ah, you fucking like. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be fun. It, it was pretty boring. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the history of the figures. If they do anything else like that, I'll definitely kind of watch that. But yeah, would highly, highly recommend that if you're a loser. <laughs> Speaking of um, Zack Ryder, uh, AEW Dynamite. The last couple of weeks, yeah. Thoughts? What do you mean of it, lads? I, I, I think it's been a bit. Um, yeah, it's been all right the last few weeks. I haven't been blown away. Yeah, I thought this this past week's show wasn't great. Decent matches, promos, not really doing anything for me, and nothing kind of consequential on the show as well. It was kind of just a show. Um, the previous weeks that I thought was was really good with um, Ryder's debut and then Ambrose Moxley in the main event. I thought that was a, a really good show. Yeah. No, Ambrose and Moxley are the same person. Uh, oh, sorry. Ambrose and Moxley. Yeah, that that was really good. It's, um, yeah. New new TNT belt as well. It looks good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like a red belt. I kind of miss the plane gray one but i do like the new one it is, it is a very nice belt i i kind of felt the same way until Brody lee brought it up and was like oh he because he has it now and then i was like actually no the it, 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 looking at it now it's like okay that is plainly obviously not finished <laughs> um yeah, so they're shuffling things around with the nba being back so that match the Brody lee versus cody match there's no dynamite on Wednesday. There's dynamite on Saturday this week. Um, yeah, and even that, they said it'll be on at such and such a time or after the NBA playoffs, depending how long it goes. Um, so yeah, all change in the dynamite stuff. But yeah, it's been all right. I, I thought I thought uh, Matt Cardona did did fine for his uh, his two his two appearances. 
Well, he he toned down the the woo 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 stuff in the second one. He was still doing the li hands when he came out the first time. Second time, none of that, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he wasn't on the following week, but maybe we'll see him again. Um, he's only he's I, only in contract for like a handful of appearances, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they'll do some some good stuff with him. He 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 has come off good so far. Um. I quite enjoyed FTR spike pile driving a pensioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, oh, it was great. He took a great bump for it as well. Oh, brilliant! Um, because that's the first time now they've done the spike pile driver and it looked good. Every other time it's like shite. Um, but I do like that as their finish, and that was a good little, good little segment. Um, every time Aaron gets in and starts being sassy with people, I want him to actually fight someone. <laughs> Especially when him and Jake, where he's like, Jake, I'll, I will spam Buster your fucking ass if you step out of line. <laughs> Do it! Kill him! Um, again, Cassidy Jericho left me a bit underwhelmed. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is about them, but I, I liked it this time at least that Cassidy kind of played into what they built up to, like that he cared, you know? So he wasn't doing the the old uh, shtick. Yeah, the, the, the two matches have just been sort of like fine, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think Cassidy, I don't want to say he was exposed here, but I think he's like, he's he his gimmick is extremely effective. I think he's pretty good, but I don't think he, you're not getting like a Okada level <laughs> wrestler, you know what I mean? He's pretty good. Okay. Um, what else was there? Uh, not much else. I don't think newsworthiness uh, on the on the show uh, the last couple of weeks. And um, we haven't got a MJF. chance, by the way. Oh, MJF. We haven't had a chance to talk about uh, retribution yet. By the way. Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> the 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 lamest gimmick maybe in history. Short divorce divorce dad nexus. <laughs> Like the the reason Nexus worked was, you know, number one, they had spelled spent months on their show building these people up as characters somewhat. And then two, it felt chaotic and out of control when they debuted. These lads with their little rehearsed jumping up and down with their little two by fours. Oh god, it's so fucking lame. It's 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 money in the bank twenty twenty Nexus is what it is. Yeah, if you think of the successful invasion angles, they're they're invasions by people you know. That's what makes it interesting. <laughs> it's invasions by people that are already over, not yeah. just randoms in hoods. Like, that's not interesting. I want to put it to you, right? That they they will never it will they'll never reveal who these people are. The, the angle will just get dropped. That's my prediction. Mm. No, I think they'll reveal who it will be, but it will not be remotely anything good. Who could it be for it to matter? Uh, uh, oh, this is the ultimate bad answer, and it's the type of shit WWE would do to disappoint you. Um, I don't think it is them because the frames of the people don't match, but like the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Um... They are at least big and jacked, I'll say that much, so that's, you know... 
But yeah, it could be it could be any collection of it could be three jabrones they fired who they decided to hire back. You know, yeah. it's probably Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate from the looks of it. I think they're trapped in the UK though, so probably not them. So that, anyway, what do, anyway, what do we think about Braun and the Fiends? That's the real question the people have been waiting to hear us chat well, about. Braun's got a little baldy head now. I, I watched the clip on Instagram just today. That's all. I don't even watch the YouTube clips now. I follow WWE on Instagram, and that is about the extent of their content <laughs> I see. And I saw the segment where Alexa slapped Braun, and he did an evil laugh, and he picked her up, and he said, Where are you, Fiend? And he threw her into the air, and the lights cut out, and then the Fiend was in the ring, and then Braun was on the screen, I was like, this is the most mortifying shite I have ever, ever watched in my life. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't go near that. I just couldn't. Maybe they're hoping that they just will get weird enough that it'll circle back around to good. No, they think this is good. They think it's good, yeah. yeah. I don't think they think this is so shit it's good. They think it's No, no, I, just, I understand that, but maybe they will just... Oh, maybe the, by accident they'll do oh, it. Yeah, by, yeah. by accident. Because uh, they thought Money in the Bank was good. Yeah. I couldn't believe... I, couldn't be, I fucking paid for that network to watch that show. Oh my god, it's fucking sucked. True. Yeah, I don't know. They are just... I, like, of course I, I want to say it's the worst it's ever been. But it's like the weirdest it's ever been at the moment. Like, yeah. They... they at least they're trying new stuff to, to give them some credit. Like, it's all shite, but at least they're trying new stuff. At least it's not the literal same old shite they've been doing forever. But it's so weird. And, like, I don't get the logic behind all their stuff they're doing recently. It's so, so strange. It's almost bordering on, like, Luch Underground, how weird some of the stuff it is. Um, thank God we've AEW. That's all I'll say. I did, but for a good. while, it was a very specific, very niche thing. And Lucha Underground was also knowingly weird. WWE think, as these guys said, think that they're doing like high art. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the wrestling telly at the moment. In the news, um, WWE is moving to a new building, uh, the Amway Center, and. They've decided to, like, they've named this new phase and this new building. They're going to call it the Thunderdome, right? <laughs> and they're, they're going to have, like, increased lasers and pyro and LED boards and drones. What is this going to look like? Like, I, like with, with everything we've talked about with Braun and Daphine and all the cinematic rubbish, what are all these extra resources going to result in? All right, number one. Do they know that Thunderdome is already taken <laughs> by a, quite a famous movie? I, I think they probably do, and they don't care. I, I, they, they must be doing that on purpose, I would say. Also, number two, here's a little exclusive just for us. Um, if you clicked on the link they shared on their Twitter account earlier, the URL actually had it as Thunderzone, <laughs> which is, I don't know, better or worse. Also, number three, the association of Thunder with that shite WCW uh, show is surely not lost on some people. 
yeah, I did think that. Yeah. But also, Th- Thunderdome was a WCW gimmick. The Th- Thunderdome cage match. Oh, yeah, was that the electric chair cage match thing? It wasn't that. It was an ele- oh, some kind a of triple cage. No, wait, no, that was something else. Oh, too I many think, cage gimmicks. <laughs> I think it was the like an electrified cage match or something like that. Yeah, but look. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, I, I'm kind of intrigued to see how shit it is. Or maybe it'll be good, but I... Of it won't. I'm thinking it will, it will be mental. Or it will just be really underwhelming. That could, That is the other option. It'll I'm just sure, be like a couple of boards or something. Yeah, I'm sure like in terms of the technicality of what they'll offer, I'm sure it'll be cool. But the novelty will wear off eventually, and and they'll start. They will start doing stupid things with it. I guarantee. I guarantee you, the person who came up with the name isn't aware of like Instagram. It's it, it'll be someone like Jerry Briscoe came up with the name. WWE Thunderdome. That's a cool name. That's what the kids are into. Hmm. Anyway. So, uh, elsewhere in the wrestling news, uh, just a little tidbit here. There was the passing of the first ever Ring of Honor champion, Xavier, um, who I don't believe uh, was, was still an active wrestler. He passed away at the age of, uh, uh, I think he was 52 or something. Yeah, 50, yeah 53, 52. I don't um, think any of those details are correct. <laughs> no, he was, he, he was born in 77. He was born in 77. He was 52. Wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't low key the original Ring of Honor champion? No. Hang I on. Thought that, I uh, it. Hang on. I think I don't think he was the first. I think he was like fourth. Was he not the first champion? I, I've often thought that. I thought I thought that for years. <laughs> oh, it's low key. Okay. Well, yeah, so Loki Loki is not dead. Um, <laughs> I have I have here on F four W. They say he passed away at forty three. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I apologize for for messing up. I did not, as you might tell, I did not have a, any kind of bio of him up here uh, uh, in front of me. So that's my ignorance. So I apologize. Also, I also I wrote in the rundown Ring of Honor Legends. That also might not be accurate. Well, like he was, you know, he was there in the early days. And he won the world title. I mean, fair play. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so he passed away. Um. Elsewhere in the news, a bit of a weird one uh, this morning, uh, or this afternoon, I guess. The announcement that Liam Royal was not going to be returning to wrestling, Paul. Um, yeah. Uh, an OTT youngster uh, of, of Fight Factory origin. Um, yeah. I guess, like, you know, with wrestling on hold right now, uh, you know, if, 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 if you don't want to really commit to it um, for the rest of your life... Uh, I can I can see people wanting to get out, you know. Yeah, and we d- we don't know the circumstances behind it, so I don't even want to speculate, good or bad. But um, he was a guy who had potential. I remember I was like the only person on the Liam Royal bandwagon uh, post Justy Jitsu. No one else was on that with me until later on in the day. But um. Mm. All you people who said he had no future in wrestling turns out you were right, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, I quite enjoyed his stuff. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, 
and uh, yeah, we had some AEW departures as well. It was interesting. So, so the, the the three people that AEW chose to release were Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley, and Sadie Gibbs. Which you might think to yourself, oh, they're cutting Brits because they're not able to get into the country, and you know why would you why would you renew their contract? But they are people who, in the case of Jimmy Havoc, had you know significant accusations against him uh, as a result of speaking out and B Priestley and Sadie Gibbs had a, a backstage altercation um, and I don't think they were in anyone's good books um, then so I think that might just be a case of perhaps contracts came due and they were already uh, on the naughty step um, and uh, they got cut so a uh, bit of spring cleaning on the old AEW side yeah, I won't be missing Jimmy Havoc being on my TV. He was shite every single time. Yeah, um, and the other two, like I, I mean, AEW's women's division is struggling, but those those two weren't in the country anyway. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the wrestling news this week. Uh, we will be back uh, later this week with another show. We'll be talking all about Saturday Night Dynamite and uh, a number of other topics. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it for now, lads. That is that is. That's it. That is it. Alrighty. So until next time, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. <laughs>